Hi, I'm Dave O'Neill. I'm Kitty Flanagan, and we're from the Sweet and Salty Roundabout, also known as The, the junkies. junkies. So please tune in. If you're listening to Ingredipedia with uh, Ben and Emily, you'll probably like our show. Yeah. We do. We talk about lollies, chips, chocolate. Yeah. They probably talk about better food than we oh, do. They've a better got some, class of food. They've got some great episodes here. I've yeah. just been having a bit of a listen. Very good. In fact, I'm going to steal some of the ideas. Anyway, whatever. If you need a sugary break, switch yeah. over to The Junkies. The Junkies, where you find all your podcasts. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri and Wadawurrung people, and we pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Hi, you're listening to Ingredipedia, a food fight podcast, but instead of slinging burgers and pies, we sling interesting facts, uses and stories about a particular ingredient every episode. My name is Ben Birchall, and I'm joined by my co-host, author Emily Naismith. Hello, Em. Hello, Ben. Ben, you said we focus on a particular ingredient, but today we're doing not that. We're doing pizza. The sticklers at home will be so cross with us, but... We're going to get hate mail. We are. We're breaking our own rules, and we're breaking our rules for for two reasons. One, pizza is such a singular thing Mm. that it kind of counts as an ingredient. Yeah. And you want us to talk about pizza rather than asparagus That's or something right. like yeah. that? Come on, let us live. God. <laughs> the second reason is we're getting paid to do it. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so we've both got some <laughs> amazing pizza ovens and we want to put them to work. Ben, I want to talk about Naples in Italy, the birthplace of pizza. Have you ever been? I have. You have. Yep. Let me guess what your favourite thing there was. Actually, tell me. Tell me. <laughs> no, you, you're going to guess it's it. It's Pompeii. Yeah. <laughs> Disneyland for nerds. Disneyland, Disneyland for, nerds. for absolute nerds. And yeah, Pompeii was amazing. I remember going mm. there going, this is exactly like what I learned about when I was a child and I'm right <laughs> here and I'm standing in history. Mm. I was walking around just dreaming of pizza. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I'm going to give a super brief, and I mean extremely brief, history of how pizza was invented, and then I'm going to move on to the more fun things. Okay. I don't want to steal your thing, Ben. So people were eating flatbread there in the 1700s, but it was never topped with tomatoes because when tomatoes were brought to Europe from Peru, people thought they were poisonous, and they called them wolf peaches. (laughs) Um, Until people in Naples started topping their flatbread with them, and everyone realized they actually taste amazing, and pizza was born. The first time I went to Naples, I went on a 19-hour pizza extravaganza um, to eat at as many pizza places as I could in that time. But my error was I had a deep-fried pizza second, which really kind of stuffed me. Um, So talk me through the deep-fried pizza. Is that like Yeah, it was just like a traditional Neapolitan. I don't actually know how they did it. It was just crispy, Mm, crispy all around. Anyway, I liked eating the wood-fired pizzas from the big, beautiful, tiled pizza ovens. Um, And now that Uni have sent us our own wood-fired pizza ovens, I really wanted to try and recreate authentic Neapolitan pizza in my own backyard. So these are the really thin pizzas with a light and airy crust. Okay. So first thing to note is that there are lots of rules. In fact, 14 pages of them. <laughs> and the guidelines are set out by the Associazione Verace Pizza Napolitana, 
which I think means Association of True Neapolitan Pizza. So the pizza can't be classified as Neapolitan unless it closely follows the rules. So firstly, you have to hand knead the base. No rolling pins or mechanical mixers. I'm looking at you, Ben. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) So I use the pizza dough recipe in the uni booklet with double zero flour, yeast, salt and water. And they're the only four ingredients you need based on this rule book too. The actual recipe that the association uses, far too technical for me, but I'm close (laughs) enough. (laughs) Second rule, the pizza mustn't exceed 35 centimetres in diameter or be more than one third of a centimetre thick at the centre. So we're using the 12-inch unikaroo, which is about 30 centimetres, so I'm safe and Mm -hmm. they're very thin at Mm -hmm. the Mm centre. Third, you have to bake the pizza in a wood-fired oven at 480 degrees for no more than 60 to 90 seconds. And I've been cranking my uni and getting it between 400 and 500 degrees, which mm. is wild. Yeah. I and can't it, believe and that. And it gets up there in like 20 minutes. It's, it's legitimately unhinged. <laughs> I was so, yeah, I was so surprised when I checked the um, actual reading of the temperature. Anyway, so only two types of pizza will cut it as authentic Neapolitan pizza, margarita and marinara. Mm. So everyone knows margarita, but marinara... Um, is the one without cheese, so tomato sauce, extra virgin olive oil, oregano, and garlic. So I I need cheese on my pizza, so I've been making margaritas. Okay, sure. That's my own personal rule. Some purist restaurants go so far as to only using San Marzano tomatoes grown on the slopes of Mount Vesuvius, and I've tracked them down. They're at Woolies. I was actually going to bring you in some because I assumed that because you didn't have them. Because they're from Pompeii? <laughs> um, but, yeah, maybe next time. Thank you. Um, and then they only drizzle the olive oil and add the tomato topping in a clockwise direction and they add the basil oh. from the centre outwards. Lots of little traditions. I think I've been going counterclockwise. Oh. But we're in the Southern Hemisphere, does that? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to use buffalo mozzarella, which mm. I'm not using. I'm using cow. Humble cow mozzarella. But yeah, cooking the pizza is my favourite part. Um, yeah, the rules, as I said, are 60 to 90 seconds and they're actually cooked in that time, which is... Truly, truly wild. And the rules on the taste are the consistency should be soft, fragrant, easy to manipulate and fold, and the crust should deliver the flavour of well-prepared baked bread. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, to, to my taste, they definitely are. So, I mean, I haven't applied to the Associazione Veraggio <laughs> Pizza Napolitana, but, I mean, surely it's a done deal. Have to be. There are only um, 19 accredited restaurants in the whole of Australia, but I reckon my backyard might just be the 20th. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to uh, you hanging the certificate, right? Actually, just rubbing my nose in it is what's (laughs) going to happen. Definitely. Okay, and you're talking about very authentic pizza. Mm. Um, I, I think we should open up the aperture a little because. While I agree, you know, I have been to Naples, I've eaten that pizza, it absolutely blew my mind because let me tell you, I'm, I don't know if you realise this, I'm a little older than you. When I was in Naples, you couldn't just get like great Neapolitan style pizza in Melbourne. Mm. Um, you probably could, well, you couldn't where I lived in Watsonia North. So, um, it, would, it absolutely blew my mind. I'm like, there's three things on it and it's so amazing and I'm actually wanting to eat the crust and not throw it away and mm. it's not even stuffed crust from Pizza Hut. <laughs> um, so, it was a revelation. And so, while I agree that that is amazing, it's a big world out there. There's a lot of different pizzas and who's to say that they're any less authentic? 
So I'm going to give you a little test. This is a um, for everybody playing along along at home. This is a a visual uh, test. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect for podcast. <laughs> so um, up on the screen, I've got a pizza. Yeah. And I want you to tell me where you think that pizza is from. And I'll give you I'll give you a hint. Most of them are actually from the United States of America, but this one is not. So okay, okay. first well, one. This one looks like a Neapolitan pizza. That is from a Naples. pizza, Napoli. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, as as you said, it's uh, it began as a wood-fired flatbread, grew into full-fledged pizza we know today when tomatoes made their way to the country. Crust is thin and bubbly. I just butter, said all butter, this. Butter. All that. Okay, so you picked that. Well done. Mm-hmm. Okay, second pizza. Oh, Where do you I think don't that know anything about American pizzas, really. So that one's... So it looks like... More like a cake, really. Mm. It's got like a thin, a very vertical crust and so much cheese coming off the side. That is like a waterfall of cheese all around it. Yeah. Just name a city. Um, Chicago. Emily. Ding, 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 ding. I've heard of Chicago deep dish. That, and that looked a, like a deep dish. That is a Chicago <laughs> deep dish. So it's actually, there are three different styles of Chicago pizza. Most people don't eat the deep dish. You know, they do have a thin and crispy one that people just eat in bars. Yeah. That are made to like eat one handed while you're standing up at a bar. But the deep dish is what they're known for. How are you um, supposed to eat it? Uh, I mean, it's like a, you would eat it like a stew. You eat it with a knife and mm-hmm, fork okay. and it's yeah. like, it's a meal. So um, it's known for its sky high stuffed pizza style, um, comes with a bottom and top crust, the latter of which is crowned with the sauce and is occasionally compared to a casserole or a pot pie. Yeah. So it's got cheese in the middle, sauce on top. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a real meal. Okay. Mm. Next one. Okay, this looks like more like a margarita that you get from like a standard pizza place. Yeah. But its crust is really bready yeah. and big. I wouldn't say puffy. I don't know. I'm going to have to say maybe LA. I don't know. Not LA. That's a New England pizza. I should say these are all from an article in, in Eat This, Not That. Uh, so this is a New England pizza. Uh, it's got it's got its roots in uh, Greece. So it's a Greek style pizza from New England. It takes an ode to the immigrants from the Mediterranean country. Its thick, soft crust is spread with oregano scented tomato sauce and a blend of cheeses, which often includes cheddar and mozzarella. And lastly, everything is doused in plenty of olive oil. Uh, you can go to Pizza Pizzazz in Pepperell, Massachusetts, if you want to try that one. Okay, next one. Oh wow, this is like a long oblong with just red like it kind of looks like red paste yeah. like not very runny on top yeah i've never seen a pizza like this i have no idea okay that's from rhode island strips a little pizza strip uh they're served without cheese they're kind of like a bakery they're, yeah they're also known as a bakery pizza it's essentially focaccia bread with spicy thick tomato sauce cooked on a large sheet pan or tray uh and it's um often not served piping hot Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I guess, like the pizzas you get from Baker's Delight or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but without the cheese. Uh, yep. So that's Rhode Island, a little different. Okay, next one. <sighs> all right. So this is a very crispy looking pizza all over. Round, cut into little squares with like no crust. Mm. Looks like salami's on top, but it's really overcooked in my opinion. Yeah. It's an interesting um, one. Very, very thin crust. Yep. Again, no idea. Okay, that's from St. Louis. 
Okay. Uh, it's it's a thin, un, like an unleavened crust. So it's almost like a cracker, which I guess is a bit like the thin crust you get from Domino's, which I don't mind. Um, yeah, that real crispy kind of almost like puff pastry in some ways. Mm. So you get that crunch they party cut it they cut it into squares uh but the thing that sets it apart is the cheese it must be provel which is a processed cheese that blends cheddar swiss and provolone into one shreddable package Mm. so that's that's what makes it the saint louis one okay last one okay this is a very thin pizza i'm gonna say new york that is a new york slice foldable it's thought that 1905 was widely thought to be the first time that pizza was offered in the united states at lombardi's in new york city uh it looks like it might have been sold actually in the 1880s and the 1890s when coal-fired oven pizza was first sold by italian immigrants in new york uh so it's a twist on the neapolitan pie uh and now can be purchased on pretty much every corner you uh have you been to new york no that's it's great like just everywhere you go just Massive slices, you fold them up, the grease drips down yeah. your arm, and uh, it's it's a joy. So, look, are any of them right? Are any of them wrong? I don't think any of them are wrong. I'm here to try them all. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want I just want to expand everyone's minds. Pizza is takes on different forms, and you might need to mm. think about that for my next fact. We didn't talk about the. Um what was it? There was like Doritos on top of a pizza and Doritos in the crust. You used to be able to get that from Pizza Hut. That's Didn't talk about that. That's not really that, – that doesn't belong to a place. That belongs That's to – uh, Except my heart. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> that, just, that just belongs to hospital if you eat it for long enough. All right. I think we've discussed this before, but your favourite pizza as a child was Hawaiian, right? Um. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. it was. And I think I've said I'm a, I was a capriccioso girl. Yeah. But my brother and his friends and basically all of our neighbours, so like all the boys in the street, always got the Aussie. Yeah. Always. So in my mind, it's the pizza for eight-year-old boys. <laughs> Do you dabble in Aussies? I dabble. Yeah. Wouldn't be my first choice, but I dabble, yes. Yeah, I don't really, I don't dabble in Aussies, um, don't need egg on my pizza. But for the uninitiated, an Aussie pizza, I think, is a tomato base, cheese, ham, red onion, maybe some bacon, and an egg on top. I feel like the red onion's a bit fancy. Really? I think maybe just, just good old okay. plain old white onion, if that. Okay. Um, well, some places on the internet are also saying to barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess makes sense if it's the eight-year-old boy pizza. But I don't remember that personally. And I've got something for you to try, Ben. But first of all, why are we cracking eggs on pizza here in Australia? Interestingly, it was actually invented a few kilometres from where we are right now in Melbourne's north. Wow. According to a Vice article, the Aussie was invented by the late Salvatore della Bruna, the Picasso of Australia's pizza heritage, who established this country's first pizza parlor, Toto's. Toto's, I was going to say. On Melbourne's Ligon Street. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then that article kind of goes on to describe the Aussie as being the best pizza for when you're hungover, mm-hmm. which I can understand. True. Anyway, I had no intention of ever creating an Aussie pizza myself. 
That is until my friend Joel, who people might remember from the processed cheese episode about homemade Maccas. Oh, homemade Maccas, Joel. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he gave me an ostrich egg earlier this week that he got from a farm <laughs> that he visited. And I was thinking about what to make with this huge egg that's the equivalent of 26 standard eggs. And I thought, why not design a new pizza, never been done before, the Aussie ostrich? <laughs> <laughs> and for people playing along at home, who aren't from Australia, it was a beloved puppet on a uh, television show. It was mm. Aussie ostrich. Um, so, yes, basically an Aussie pizza, but with ostrich eggs instead of regular eggs. Okay. In the uni, of course, of course. Um, with a traditional Neapolitan base, <laughs> an authentic Italian Aussie ostrich, mm-hmm. if you will. So, just to give you a bit of background, I was terrified of this ostrich egg. It was stressing me out all week thinking about what to cook with it. Opened it up by whacking it with a meat cleaver around the top. And the yolk was already mixed with the white and it was all lumpy and it looked really filthy. <laughs> but, yeah, I beat the eggs and took out about three regular eggs worth of ostrich eggs. I didn't want to, like, put the whole 26 egg equivalent on there because that yep. would be messy. So I made the base, put some traditional Neapolitan tomato sauce, then some caramelised red onion, some chopped up leg ham, as in, like, off-the-bone ham, That's mozzarella. I know, but it's what I had. Mozzarella, salt, pepper, and then the ostrich egg just poured on top. And it was, like, bright yellow, highly, highly unappetizing. <laughs> I really didn't think it was going to work. Um, but anyway, outside to the uni, put it in, thinking that the oven was at about 450 degrees. But then I took it out to turn after 30 seconds to cook the other side, and the crust isn't charred and the egg isn't cooked. And I didn't know this, but someone had changed the infrared thermometer from Celsius to Fahrenheit. Uh, Um, So the oven was really only at about 230 degrees. So I ended up having it in there for about three or four minutes, but it actually worked uh, because the egg got to cook on top and the base and the crust didn't burn while that happened. Maybe not a bad thing. So it was kind of like a perfect mistake, but I'm keen to hear your opinion. So I've got some of the Aussie ostrich here for you to try. Thank you, M. Whoa, it's very yellow. Good crust. <laughs> I mean, that's a good that's a good Aussie pizza. Thank you. You rate the Aussie ostrich. Can you taste the difference between regular eggs and ostrich eggs? I can't. Mm. Is that weird? I don't think so. To me, it was a lot saltier. But like, mm. I mean, pizzas are already salty you anyway. Can't really tell because of all the ham. But yeah, this is a very good Aussie. Thank you, Aussie ostrich. Yeah, I rate it. So, Emily, the thing about having your own uni pizza oven, as we do, <laughs> the Karu 12, mm. it's, a, it's a great pizza oven. It's quite portable. It heats up to 500 degrees in 20 minutes. It's, it's terrific. And, and you're using yours to, yes, painstakingly craft the perfect Napoli pizza and making your own sauce and cracking ostrich eggs or whatever you're doing. <laughs> but... You know, and that's beautiful that you're doing that. Mm. But the other beauty of having your own pizza oven is you can do whatever the F you want. Mm-hmm. Like knowing that it's only going to take 60 seconds to cook. And if you F it up, you just go again and make another one. So mm. I've been experimenting a little in okay. my backyard while you've been perfecting your beautiful... <laughs> oh, hey, I've been experimenting rules. too, okay? Mm, have you... Have you been experimenting? Like, I mean, you did just put an ostrich egg on a pizza. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you were going to do that. Kind of wrecked my fact. Okay. So, in that spirit, 
I have created a pizza called After School 1989. Oh, okay. Is so, this with the lap chong on it? Just don't jump okay. to the end. Don't <laughs> jump to the end of the... the, the You've got to read all the stuff at the top of the blog before you get uh, to the recipe. Oh, okay. We'll you know, be here for six how. years. <laughs> so, the year is 1989. No. Uh, no. So, I started... With my base, cold proof, 36 hours, didn't quite have 48 hours, mm. what my friend Jake tells me I need to do, but, you know, good enough base. Uh, I made a sauce of 70% tomato sugo, 30% singalog brand sambal ikambalis mm. sambal sauce. So, sweet, tangy chili in there, just to give it a little, little Asian vibe, because in 1989, I was a little, you know, um, part Asian boy. Uh Light sprinkle of mozzarella, more as a binding agent for the next ingredient. The next ingredient, Indomie oh, mee goreng. What? My favourite two-minute noodles. The oh, my gosh. Multiple sachets. You get little bits of bow and goreng. I'm very you get excited. flavour sachets. You get the oil. You get the chilli sauce. You get the ketchup manis. So, Cooked. what I did, I cooked them. Mm. I broke them up quite like in the packet, the way you'd break up some biscuits for mm. a... For a uh, for a, uh, a, a, a cake, uh, sorry, for a slice crust or a pie mm. crust. So gave them a bit of a pound in the packet, cooked them as I normally would, drained them quite well. So you've got some pretty small bits of, of, uh, of noodle in there. Cooked them as, as usual for two minutes, mixed all of the, the uh, flavour through it, put that a little gentle sprinkling on top of the pizza. Not too thick, not too... Mm-hmm. I've seen people make this pizza on the internet versions of it and they're like yeah like we'll put all the noodles people don't want that this is a what we want to get is the slight starchiness Mm -hmm. the umami a bit of heat the saltiness and it's almost acting like um the way say uh italian sausage might sausage might work that's what the noodles are doing on top of that then i put two slices of orange processed cheese Okay. Folded into triangles on top. Is this because this some that sometimes goes on? Yeah. Noodles. It's yeah. It's it's kind of a ramen thing. Yeah. Like a lot of sort of Japanese and Korean places will put that kind of. So I'm yeah. I'm playing with it a bit. Maybe I wouldn't have used that cheese in 1989, but hey, you know, it's 2023. <laughs> I'm experimenting, and uh, put that on top. Then some thinly sliced lapchong Chinese sausage on top of the cheese because okay. I wanted to get some heat. Yeah. Into the uni. So wait, is, is the lapchong covered in, was it ketchup manis that you used to Not do? yet, because okay. the uni's up around 430 degrees at this point. Ketchup yep. manis is just going to burn. So lapchong on, is the last thing mm-hmm. to put on. Into the oven, take, take it out after 30 seconds, spin it back in, nicely cooked. I'll show you some photos. Uh, I finish it with a light dusting of bawangoring and then a little sprinkling, a little drizzle of ketchup manis on top. This sounds so good. Well, I'm so excited. I love weird things. It's reheated. It's not It's not yeah. exactly as it was yesterday not when it was fresh. Not ideal from a microwave. Not ideal. Well, it looks really good. The kind of lapchong kind of looks like the pepperoni, I guess. And the noodles look... Um, very out of place on a pizza, but I'm very excited about it. I want to try and get a huge mouthful with the lapchong. So weird. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so good. It's yeah. weird, but 
I yeah, it seems to work. Yeah, it really does. Um, okay, and I'm I haven't not, had this cheesy bit yet. Yeah, have some cheesy bit because that kind of has a whole other dynamic. Mm. Like it kind of thickens it up. Yeah, it's so comforting. It's like when I used to have grilled cheese, um, like open grilled cheese kind of toast type thing under mm. the griller with that like plastic cheese. Yeah. Because it's got that black burn, how it goes really that burnt. that black burn, yeah. Um, yeah, this is a great combination. So did you make this up or is it from the internet? Uh, I looked at, afterwards I looked at it and there are people that do Indomie pizzas. It's kind of a bit of a, like a TikTok, mm. a TikTok meme in, in Malaysia and Indonesia and, and uh, yeah, throughout Southeast Asia. Okay, well, I'm just going to eat the whole thing. Okay, sure. My third fact's on hold. All right, save a little bit for the next fact. But I will play you, don't just take Emily's word that it was delicious. I also tried it out on a a 10-year-old. That's how old I was in 1989. So I thought I would try it on a genuine small boy. And uh, this is how it went. (laughs) Okay, well, how does it look to start with? Uh, uh, Questionable. Questionable, okay. What is it about it? That you don't... Stick to noodles. That you can see noodles on it. Okay. All right. You want to um, give the it a... ketchup varnish makes it look like it's glaze. <laughs> yeah, glaze isn't that good? Oh, the pizza is great. Give it a try. Woo! It's good. <laughs> is it actually good? <laughs> it actually is. So there you go. I'd like to think that 1989 me would enjoy it as much as the real 10-year-old boy who was eating it there yesterday. Absolutely. And also you. Yes, I, I'm heavily enjoying this. Thank you. You're welcome. I want to get nostalgic again. We did it with Ice Magic on the ice cream episode, Coldies on the beer episode. Now it's Pizza's turn. If I say the magic words, Pizza Hut the works, what comes to mind? Uh, Bandura, Grimshaw Street, Rowan serving me free pizzas because he'd let me sneak in. This my friend, hi, Ro. Uh, my friends, yeah, Rowan and Emily worked there. Uh, they were the prom king and queen of Pizza Hut Bundle. Sorry, mm. I'm getting very misty-eyed. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, Just it, in general. In general, a positive, <laughs> a positive warm feeling. Okay, yeah. Um, I remember destroying the dessert table, <laughs> like with the soft serve and the green jelly squares. Yeah. Making strange concoctions with like the soft drink, self-serve area. And obviously the pizza, mainly margarita because you're a child. Um, and Hawaiian actually, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I just, <laughs> I had a mental block about that back then. Um, and yeah, it's all you can eat. So stuffing your face until you cannot move, just absolute essential. So these are happy memories, but does it still stack up as an adult? Some could say, you know, the answer already, um, but I had to experience it for myself. <laughs> um I think there are three Pizza Huts in Victoria still doing the work. Wow. Because I, yeah, I had no idea they still existed. Definitely. I just see them places like repurposed into other other types of businesses and, and you're like, sorry, you're a Pizza Hut. <laughs> yeah. You can call yourself whatever you want. You can say that you're a tent shop. You can say that you're a tax accountant. You are a Pizza Hut. Absolutely. It's just the shape of the building. It's the roof. It's yeah. the pitch. Pizza Hut roof. It's genius. It's like absolute genius mm. branding. And it's very funny when people try it. Absolutely. Same goes it. with the smorgies with like the um <laughs> like the statues volcano. with <laughs> the big tiki heads. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to move on from there. Yes. So there are three Pizza Huts doing the works. Ballarat, Bendigo and Shepparton. So this is a few years ago. I caught the V line out to Ballarat to experience the works. The first thing to note 
is that they really restrain the level of pizzas on offer, like the amount. So there's a few like older slices in the Bay Marie thing, but everyone's waiting for that fresh pizza to Mm. drop, that fresh margarita. And when it does, everyone circles and you absolutely have to elbow the under 10s cricket team out of the way (laughs) so you can get it. The pizza itself, you know what Pizza Hut pizza's like. Epic as a child, but the kind of grey squares of bacon, kind of disconcerting as an adult, uh, but passable. Where things get interesting is the salad bar, Mm. which I have no memory of as a child. Absolutely none. I assume it existed. Um, I saw orange quarters, corn chips, and tinned peaches sit alongside lettuce and tomatoes. The parmesan cheese was labelled mayonnaise. And the Italian salad dressing bottle is full, but nothing comes out when you squeeze it. Um, So... This feels like a David Lynch movie or or hell or something. (laughs) Um, I think I was probably like the first person to chance the salad bar at Ballarat's Pizza Hut since (laughs) since inception. Like an alarm went off. Somebody's (laughs) using the salad bar. Yeah, I'm not proud of that. And I, I, to be fair, I wish I didn't. Um, But the desserts, okay, the chocolate mousse and brownies were actually kind of good. And then there's soft serve with toppings like choc chips, sprinkles, mini marshmallows, and then chocolate or strawberry sauce. Unfortunately, the jelly was blue and red, not the Mm. signature green like I remember. But I... Was it ever green? I know. We'll never know. Mm. I I adjusted though. Okay. I mean, just. (laughs) Borderline. Um, So yeah, went back for more pizza and dessert to get my money's worth. But when the sports team left and it was just me and Pat left in there, it was pretty depressing. (laughs) Um, only the infomercials playing silently on TV <laughs> and the whir of the soft serve machine. And just the sound of chewing. Yeah. Just gummy. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. Wow. <laughs> to distract you from the fact you took six hours out of your day and 120 kilometers to experience this emptiness. <laughs> yeah. So in my mind, it's like kind of meeting your idols. Like sometimes it's just best if you don't. Mm. Um, some things are just better left in your head. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, one of the things about having an uni pizza oven in your backyard, where, you know, it's just like endless freshly made pizzas on tap, mm. is you end up with some leftovers. Because it's hard to estimate how many bases you need. You're making a big batch of it, you know, 24 to, you know, 68 to 72 hours ahead mm. if you really want it to cold proof and get those pockets of air in your, in your crusts. What are you doing wrong, Ben? Um, I don't have any leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making this up for the, okay. for the fact. Just, yeah. just go with it. Yeah, you end up with leftovers. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that is hotly debated on the internet, we like to kind of find out where, the, where those tension points in food culture are. There are absolute, there's fault lines in how people choose to reheat their pizza. Mm. So... Uh, I found a bunch of articles, um, probably the, the one that seemed to have the the most definitive and kind of authoritative voice was on the, the website spruceeats.com, which I think we, we go to sometimes. And they say definitively, this is how you reheat a pizza. You get a skillet or a, a cast iron pan, you heat it over a medium heat. Then you add the pizza slices and you cook for a couple of minutes uncovered. So you let, let that bottom sort of heat up, mm-hmm. you start to crisp up, 
And then on the side of the pan, not on the pizza, you add a few drops of water and you immediately cover the pan with a lid and you cook the pizza for a few more minutes or until the cheese is melted and the pizza is heated through. So that's like steaming it a bit. So it's crisping the bottom and then steaming the top. Yeah. So that you get crispy crust mm, okay. and melted cheese. Seems so like a lot of effort. They, they swear by that. Uh, Reddit, obviously, there's, there's some debate over that. The, the first debate is, like, uh, don't put uh, a lid on. A lid is too much. You actually want to just use a little foil hat because you want the air to escape around the, the sides, and if you put a Ooh. lid on, it'll sweat. Yeah. So that's the first Reddit um, uh, argument. The second argument is crust side down or cheese side down. Oh, a lot wow. of people say cheese side down because that'll crisp up the cheese. It's sort of like the, the, the high heat you get from a pizza, from, from an uni Karu 12, for example. Um, so is it crispier crust or crispier topping that you want? So that's the other, the other debate. So that's just around this skillet, which is kind of, it seems to be the consensus. That's how you reheat a pizza. If you don't have a, have a, a, a stove and a fry pan, which where we record, we don't have that. We've just got a little kind of office, office kitchen, but we've got a microwave. And Emily, you reheated the Aussie pizza earlier. I did. And I'm happy to say that you do it the correct way. Phew. So this is, again, from the Spruce Eats article, and this is how I've always reheated one, well, maybe not always, but probably the last five or six years, how I've reheated pizza. You put the pizza on a plate in the microwave. Next to it, you place a microwave-safe mug or cup of water. Now, this serves as a sort of decoy, and it absorbs some of the microwaves, allowing the pizza to heat up slightly more evenly so the cheese remelts before the crust loses all of its moisture because it does mm. that thing where it goes, like, rock hard. I hate that. Yeah, that yeah, rock that's hard. that's why I so, started looking again, into it. that's why. Mm. And you did it right. I did it right. That's the way to do it. Both winners. Um, you still, they still say you won't get that crispness that mm. you, you get from the oven. But, so, okay. Um you just ate some reheated like that. You've yep. still got some there. It's probably going a bit cold now, but, you know, it, it went okay. Yeah. So, what one was that? That was microwave. Yep. A lot of people say what you should do is microwave it like that and then put it in the oven. Oh, um, yeah. This is from... Like an actual a oven. A Reddit user. Yeah. Put it in the, in, in the, an actual oven or a toaster oven, like, you know, like a little, mm. a little kind of toaster oven, like a pie warmer, as we would call them here. Um, somebody said, I figured this out recently. What you do is you put your pizza in the microwave for 30 seconds... Then you put the pizza in the oven without preheating it and you set it to 350. And once it's done preheating, you'll have hot and crispy pizza. Have you looked into the air fryer though? Air fryer, I haven't done that. Okay. Um, again, that's another one that people talk about on the blogs. Mm. Um, oh, there's a couple of good suggestions going back to the skillet one. Somebody says add bacon grease to the pan Ooh. for awesome flavor and crisp. Okay. Um, but this is another hack uh, and here's another way of doing it. There's another slice of the... Uh, Thank you. After school 1989 pizza. Mm -hmm. That one has been heated up on a sandwich press. Okay. So just open? No. Sandwich press, baking paper, and then you close the lid. Oh, yeah. And it crisps the top, heats it through evenly. It's probably gone a little bit cold now, but kind of doesn't have that microwave y mm. vibe to it. It has a bit of an um, oven y vibe. It's less, um, less floppy. Yeah. More, uh, yeah, it's it, definitely more like you would get it out of there. It doesn't get the microwave flop. Yeah, mm. so if you are in an, in an office that has a sandwich press, like a panini press, you know, the ones with the hot top, hot bottom, 
you close it in there with a baking paper. That's a that's a way to do it. Some more ideas. Um, you, you add a dab of butter to the skillet and you heat it for five minutes on high heat until the desired crispness is reached. There's no other correct way to reheat pizza. And then there was a real fight on the thread after that. Okay. how Reddit threads go. So what are you going to do next? Like what's your definitive choice after all this research? Um, I, I mean, just not have... Yeah. Left okay. Just eat, eat <laughs> just the pizza eat when it's fresh. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't today because I need to, you know, give you some of the pizza so you could say it was great. But, um, yeah. No. The the correct way is just eat all the all the pizza. Amen. Emily, what did we talk about? Talked about the rules of making traditional Neapolitan pizza. Then I uh, made the Aussie ostrich. I brought a brand new pizza into the lexicon of pizza. And then I revisited the works at Pizza Hut as an adult. Uh, I talked about the regional pizza variants. What's right? What's wrong? Who's to say? Uh, then I made the after-school 1989 pizza with Indomie, Mi Goreng and Lap Chong. So good. And then I talked about reheating methods. The best method is no leftovers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you can vote for whose facts you thought were most interesting on our Instagram, which is Ingridopedia. And yeah, thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next time.